Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in today uh, for another show. Uh, again, this is uh, WNZN. We're at 89.1 FM on the radio. So if you have any problems, static or anything, please just go to your iPhone, your laptop, or other, use Electra, and just uh, it's easy to access that way. Again, that's WNZN.com. So, my friend David, uh, very good uh, for another show. How are you and what's going on? Well, great to be here again, Jan. It's a beautiful day here, um, and uh, I'm excited about the show today. This was really uh, an interesting topic. Yeah, I've been traveling. I've been to Philadelphia. My wife and I were out there. We're teaching at a mission conference. And interestingly enough, these were pretty much Latino, uh, Hispanic kind of background people, young people aged, I would say, maybe 20 years old to 30, 35 years old, all different backgrounds, but very interested in missions. So that was a good time. Yeah. In Philadelphia, we did some traveling, and now we're back here. And the show, what I was thinking about, uh, we have some guests lined up, but also when we don't have guests, we like to look at something from the Bible, apologetic or some feature characteristic of the Bible. Um, and I thought we'd look at this term and this topic of theophany. That's theophany. Yeah. Not funny, but funny. <clears throat> and it comes from the Greek word theo means God. Phonics, where we get the word phonics, means manifestation. Theophany means mm-hmm. a manifestation of God. And I thought we would discuss that this morning, David, because... Uh, a lot of people are familiar with this uh, subject, but it is in the scriptures, and it shows us something about God. Uh, a working definition just simply is a visible, tangible, uh, mm-hmm. sensory presence of God in in human life. In other words, he reveals himself either um, through fire or smoke or maybe as a, um, a voice, yeah. Uh, even as a figure, he could actually appear almost like a human being at times. We're going to look at that in the Old Testament, but it's very important how he does manifest himself and reveal himself. And it says in Hebrews chapter one, um, verse one, God who at various times and in various ways right. spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, and in these last days he spoke to us by his Son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So it's it, this first verse says, God has in various times, in various ways, spoken the times past. So it's talking like the Old Testament in particular, that God has revealed himself in different ways throughout human history. And now we know he's spoken through the prophets. We know, of course, God uses creation that should tell us that there's a creator just right. looking at creation and the universe around us. But also there's this idea that uh, God actually enters in, in in some type of a way that manifests himself to human beings. And we're going to look at that. And now we see in the very beginnings how God created Adam and Eve way back in um, Genesis chapter 3. He comes down and he gets involved. We don't know everything uh, it's limited in terms of the scripture verses we have, but it seems like he created the universe by speaking. Yeah. Everything we see around us, he spoke in right. existence. But when you come to man, uh, it, it, it speaks of the fact that God came down and he created man. Uh, it says um, in chapter, Genesis three, uh, Genesis chapter 2, you can okay. read if you want, Fair. Seven, uh, 7 and 8. Sure. 
verse 7 and 8. Uh-huh, chapter 2. Uh, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Okay, yeah. so in a sense, he, he's he's a little bit different with man when he creates man rather than anything else, animals, right. planets, all trees, everything, in the sense that he comes down and it seems like he fashions man out of the earth, almost like a potter would fashion right. a pot, right? But then he breathes into man, and then that's when man becomes a living soul. So here we see right from the beginning, yeah. God is interacting with man different than he does the rest of creation. Isn't it incredible to think that he, that we are God-breathed? Yeah, right. That's the spirit. That we inhaled his life form yeah. in some some way, that energy field? Exactly. Man, right. is that, that is something. Once we get that, then we yeah. have a living being. Right. Now, when the soul, that let's say uh, the soul and the spirit and the body, man's a tri three-part, tripartite being. Yeah. That um, it's interesting when the spirit leaves man, uh, the soul and the spirit leave man, man returns to the dust, you know, from what she was taken, which is just state. Yeah. It, well, it, and so, but, but from this, uh, from inception here, isn't it true, John, that we then have the spirit in us from that point on? So it, it's either it's either we embrace that fact, but because we can't get rid of the spirit, he's in us, right? Well, no, I mean, what what happens when God says to Adam and Eve in this very chapter, and they turn from him, mm -hmm. is that they will be cut off from the spirit of God. That's why he says, the day you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. So we know they did not die physically, right? In a sense, they didn't right. die that very day physically. Yeah. dropped to the ground. They still had a soul. That is right. to say, they were conscious. They're communicating. They're making decisions. So they have a soul. But what seems to be cut off is the spiritual life. Okay. The spiritual life is cut off. That that yeah. that's why some people call it the fall, right. original sin. Mm -hmm. The Bible will say, "All have sinned and come short of the glory of God." We're separated now from the glory right. of God, and it's only through Jesus Christ. Right, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension—that the Holy Spirit now comes, and it says in John chapter one, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become a child of God. That's when you have the Spirit of God in you. You have the yeah, the Holy Spirit. That is really your working definition of a Christian. Yeah, either you have the Holy Spirit or you don't have the Holy Spirit. Right, and that's why many people might go to church. I mean, yeah, you and I went to church growing up, and we did many religious things. We did. But we didn't necessarily, we weren't indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we didn't have a hunger for the Word of God. We didn't have a sense of conviction in the Holy Spirit. We didn't desire uh, to know Jesus in a deeper way or let alone to share him. No. And we didn't uh, understand the Bible. We were going through the motions, at least I was. And, uh, you know, I was server boy. Uh, I, I did my stations of the cross at the right seasonal times. And I thought, really, wow, of all the kids... I'm probably for sure going to heaven, mm -hmm. but all I did, uh, I was only really present during those services, mm -hmm. whether that was once a week or twice a week or three times a week as a server boy, and that was it. That's all I did. Uh, I wasn't in the Word. I didn't pray a lot. So um, now that I've been a Christian, that has totally changed. But again, before that, uh, I didn't think I could talk directly to God. Well, yeah, see, that's... that was the big thing, because I remember waiting in line at the confessionals, 
for the priest to forgive my sins or, you know, um, that that's what I was trained to do. So this was a game changer for me that I thought I could, uh, that now I can talk directly again. That's a big one, yeah. David. Now, because when you're born again, yeah. that's what it means to have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Um, you now, on a sense, you're obsessed about Jesus. You know, he lived for you, he died for you, he shed his blood for you personally, personally for me. And that he is now in heaven, hearing and answering prayer. He's filled you with the Holy Spirit. He's opened up a whole new dimension of life, has he not? Yeah, life all plunged forever. And it's going down now into your children. Oh, yeah. My grandchildren. So it's it's hard to describe sometimes the people that don't that don't know it, you know, like I did for twenty seven years of my life. And, you know, as you say, we could do many good things and religious things. I'm not knocking that. That that's the fruit of it, but but you must be united to God through Jesus Christ to have that new life. So anyhow, coming back to the yeah. whole thing with the idea of a theophany or the appearance of God <clears throat> in some type of physical, tangible form, right? Uh, we see this, and we're going to look at a couple of these places, particularly the Book of Genesis. But when you look at like uh, Genesis chapter twelve, um. God is coming down. You'll see that. Is that when the Lord appeared to Abraham on his uh, his arrival to the land God had promised him? Yeah, but even prior to that, man built this big tower. They wanted to build it. Genesis 12? uh, 11. Oh, is where he says, go scatter. And the men came together. They want to build this tower. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then God says in verse 3 of chapter 11, come, let us, uh, they coming down in Mount. They're coming down, and God's coming down just to inspect what they're doing. And he sees, uh, you know, that they, they're misbehaving, and they're, then they're uh, not, they want to make this tower to heaven, maybe an astrological something or another. We're not real sure. But that's where God comes down. Somehow he's coming down. You see that idea that Burby's coming down from the heavenlies to be in the presence of man to some capacity. Right. So when you get to what you just mentioned, chapter 12, that's where he is going to... Uh, actually come down if you can read uh yeah. chapter 12 right this is one yeah well I, I have seven to nine um if you have that go ahead okay. um, i have to reset my phone here okay then it says this is uh genesis chapter 12 verse 7 then the lord appeared to abram that's important mm-hmm. that he appeared to him uh, and said to your descendants i will give this land and there he built an altar to the lord who had appeared to him two times in that verse this idea of God appears. Now, we know God is a spirit. Later on, God will tell Moses, no man has seen my face and live. But yeah. somehow he's coming down and he's appearing to Abraham here, establishing promises and making a covenant. And then it says, and he moved. Abraham moved from there to the mountain of Bethel. He pitched a tent with Bethel right. and I. There he built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. And so, again, it's this idea that... Um, God came down. God is uh, initiating promises, yeah. and He's going to establish prophecies um, and appearing to, to Abraham in a very tangible way. Now, th- it was only Abraham, right? The Lord only appeared to Abraham. Other yeah. people didn't see it at that time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that that's when He He makes a promise in verse fourteen. He says, "And the Lord said to Abram, um, lift uh, he said, lift up your eyes now, look to the north, look to the place we are, northward, southward, eastward, westward.'" For the land which you see, I will give you. And then um, 
So again, God is speaking to him in some capacity here. Right. right. Not in the heavenlies, speaking mm-hmm. down uh, from heaven, but there is, is in some capacity, God is uh, moving and revealing himself. Yeah, I, I have another definition of theophany. Okay. Uh, is a manifestation of God in the Bible that is tangible to the human senses. In its most restrictive sense, it is a visible appearance of God in the Old Testament period, often but not always in human form. Some of the theophanies are found in these passages, so we have a whole list. So so it's in some kind of form, right? Physical form Uh that our senses can see or feel it, right? Exactly. It doesn't just have to be our eyes. It doesn't be our hearing. You could hear, like, we could hear, right. Yeah. Uh, you might see lightning, right. a smoke, uh, a bill or a fire. But, right. You know, so there's these different ways that God is mad, like you say, to the senses. Yeah. Because just, right. right now, right here in this room, we know God is present. Yeah. The Bible says, in him we live and move and ever be. But we don't, we don't feel him in a tangible sense. No. We don't see yeah, him. We right. can't touch him. Mm-hmm. But throughout the Old Testament, uh, God is revealing him. Now, we're going to see as it moves through the New Testament, that's a different thing when, when God actually comes down and inhabits flesh. The Word became mm-hmm. flesh. That's not a theophany because theophanies we're going to see are temporary. They appear, they go away, they appear. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man come down. He didn't and, and that's Christophany. A Christophany is the appearance of Jesus Christ in some manifested yeah. form. Right. Yeah. Okay. In the Old Testament. Okay. Got it. So when you come to chapter 18 of Genesis, yep. that's look at verse one. I mean, it's very clear what it says there. Uh, I got it here. And this is Abraham. Um, being challenged. One. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Marmy while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. There you go. The Lord appeared to him. Now, this is very powerful because it says he lifts up his eyes and he looked and he saw three men were standing by him, right? And he bows down and he says, verse 3, My Lord, if you have now found, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass on by it. Please, I'll get you water. He's going to create a meal for him. He's going to make a meal. Well, his wife's going to make a meal. Um, and then he, he he entertains them. He's very hospitable to them, right? But look what he says. Um, look at verse 9 through 11. Same chapter. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. They're in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? See? Yeah. So there's this promises being made, and then, then the, the, this person says in verse 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it. But he, this person is saying, I will return to you. I'm going to bless you and give you a son. And then, then look at, I mean, look what it says in verse 17. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Notice it's the Lord having that meal with him. 
makes this promise about coming child, right. but then says, I'm going to show you what's coming. Yeah. The Lord it doesn't say an angel or a yeah. prophet. It says, he says, since Abraham, surely he's going to become a great right. and mighty nation. And so um, then verse 20, then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because there's now he's going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, and two of these strangers are going to go off to Sodom and Gomorrah, and of course judgment's going to fall there. But what what Abraham does is he intercedes. He intercedes there. You can see Abraham, and said, verse twenty three, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were fifty, and then he 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 comes down from that, and then verse twenty, and the Lord said, if I find fifty righteous men within the city, that, yeah, do you see him negotiating? With this person that he just shared a meal with, it's a manifestation. Um, now, could this be Christ in the Old Testament? Well, we call it Christophany, yeah, right? Possibly, but without a doubt, it's the Lord making Himself very real. Uh, and again, we don't wow. see this today now because again, we have the completed volume. We have right. the whole yeah revelation of God. And one of, one of the things we're going to see here is that Jesus is the full revelation of God. That's why he says in the Gospel of John, if you've seen me, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, but um, that that's that's the full manifestation. But that's, that's yeah. not a, a, what you call a, a Christophany. That's a little bit. We'll look at that in a moment. Sure. Okay. Okay, now, um, so he, he bargains, he negotiates, he intercedes, and then the Lord, it says, and the Lord, um, so verse 33, it says, So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. See, the Lord left. Yeah. He came. He left. And so there, we're getting this image where God is coming down and he's interacting with human beings in a very unique and special way, which, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's how God revealed himself in the scriptures. Yeah, very, very powerful. Oh, yeah. And you're going to see that all through uh, different instances where this is going to happen in the in the scriptures. So let's look at another one. Uh, as you as you go along, you'll see this uh, very clearly, let's say, um, this particular pattern um, where God is going to reveal himself. Now, he does this, too, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in chapter 26 of uh, Genesis Verse two. You can see verse one, twenty Isaiah, uh, right. Genesis twenty six, verse two, verse one and two. Okay. Set it up. Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abim, Abimelech, king of uh, of the Philistines in Gera. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, "Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live." Stay, yeah, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. See how he appeared to him? Yeah. He's promising him, and he's blessing him. Uh, again, it's the Lord. A Lord. The Lord is appearing to him in some capacity, which uh, is very, very interesting. Yeah. Once you really right. come to see it. And then the idea that God, I, I'm intrigued by the fact that it says God comes down, and then he goes up. He comes yeah. down, and he goes up. So kind of like Jesus ascending. Right? Is that what you're visualizing? Well, yeah, that man that what God comes down for a limited yeah. time to right. get encountered yeah. here, but then he goes back up. Yeah, certainly Jesus would come down. Right, he lives his earthly ministry. He's murdered. He's executed uh -huh. on the cross, buried, and then he ascends back up. That 
pattern is there. But to get glimpses of it in the first book of the Bible, I think that's pretty significant. Oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty significant that uh, th this would go like this. And then, you know, he's going to establish uh, this blessing uh, upon God. Uh, right. And then Abraham is, 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 has the promised son. He's going to get him just as he said he would. And then what happens, of course, and here is the third child. Well, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's a bit, he tries to steal the uh, <laughs> the birthright and all that. And he has to escape, but he goes out in chapter twenty-eight. He goes out, and that's where he sees this ladder, this dream. He's going to have this dream. You'll see in verse chapter twenty-eight, ten through thirteen. Okay, ten through thirteen. Jacob left. Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, which should stop reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying. Notice this now. Yeah. He, uh, the Lord appears to him. He's totally alone. He doesn't always go, and he's got to run away from his brother. Yeah. He wants to get him. But then he says, the, Lord's, the Lord stood above it and yeah. said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Jacob. Remember, he appeared to yeah. Abraham. He appeared to Jacob, and now he's appeared to Isaac. And I will, he gives him a promise. He gives him a prophecy. And when you come down, look what he says. Um, uh, another promise he gives him. Look at verse 15. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. He gives him these promises yeah. and the assurance that I'm going to be with you. It's like when the Lord says to his disciples, Go make disciples of all nations, and lo, I'm with you to the end of the age, the right. presence of the Lord. And then look what he says, verse, this very powerful verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. See this? How many people mm -hmm. throughout history could say that, that God was here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> God is very real. He's here. He's present. You imagine. And we dismiss him. We don't think out. Yeah. yeah. Until you really come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and realize he's, he's close, he's right here right. with you. Right. But I find out that these things, are, but notice he's, 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 this ladder, it goes up and down. Yeah. And uh, God is above it and he gives him these promises. Well, this is what it says. I'm just going to quote, I'll stay in the Genesis, but I want to look at John, Gospel of John, chapter two, when the Lord says, uh -huh, the Lord says uh, to Nathaniel, uh, when he meets Jesus for the first time, he says, Nathaniel answered and said to Jesus, verse 49, Teacher, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree. Do you believe these things? You'll see greater things than this. He says, Truly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and what? The angels of God ascending and descending on what? A ladder? No, upon the Son of Man. See how it goes way back here? Right. So it's, it's that idea that yeah. Jesus is introducing a new set of promises, a new covenant. And just like here, he promised fruitfulness to Jacob. He promises us fruitfulness as we make disciples. Yeah. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
the same thing, very similar that he 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 shares. Right. With Jacob. But Jacob says, "God was in this place. Yeah, I did not know it." How many people think like that today? You know, they just don't think about God. No way, they don't. Being all around us. No. Let's look at one more in uh, Genesis. There's more, but I'm just going to touch on one or two in chapter 32. Um, he has this interesting encounter. Okay? Right. It's in uh, he, it says uh, it starts with verse twenty four of chapter thirty two of Genesis. Very important encounter he's going to have here. So <laughs> Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, "Let me go, for it is daybreak." But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Okay, good. Do you see that? Here he has an encounter with God. Yeah. And he he will never forget that encounter with God, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where you see this name change from Jacob to Israel, one who prevails with God or one who fights and wrestles with God. So often when you see these encounters, yeah. a manifestation of God, there's a name change. You'll see this with Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai becomes Sarah. When Paul, Saul has an encounter with God, with Jesus yeah. on the road, he goes from Saul to Paul. Right. Peter goes from Cephas or Simon yeah. to Peter. Everyone, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And you are the Christ, the son of the living God. My point being that often that it, it's a moment of transformation. It's also a moment of promise and blessing. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I just find it in, interesting. You go around this world and people wonder, is there a God? Or would God ever reveal himself? Well, he's like revealing himself continually in this first book of the Bible. Why is he ever? And then you move from there and you look at what the prophets wrote, you know, Moses and Jeremiah yeah. and Isaiah. And then you look at creation. Right. And that all builds you and takes you to uh, the person of Jesus Christ. The full revelation of God is the person of Jesus Christ. Boy, you know, and so the the thing I love about it, you know, once you get into the word and you start to follow it, um, you, you know, from the beginning, it's all about Jesus coming. Right. And the thing I love about God is he knows we need a lot of examples to verify it's him. And for us to understand this is truly his son he set to save us. He gives you example after example. Um, you know, as you said, from the Old to the New Testament, it's just viewed in a little bit different way. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's just beautiful. You know, my, my favorite one is uh, in Exodus 3, 2 to 4, where God appeared to Moses in the form of the burning bush. Yeah, I find him exactly what he wanted him. To, yeah, so that that that's the famous one in my, um, the one that I always like with the Ten Commandments and. Uh, so Moses, three, yeah, and he's he's a shepherd now. Remember, he had to run out of Egypt because he right. killed an Egyptian, and uh, that's starting with verse two. Well, yeah, it's verse one through yeah. yeah. 
There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of the fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So here you see this, yeah. this idea that um, now, the, this title, the angel of the Lord, that's another topic we can discuss maybe later if we have yeah. time. Many believe that's, that's, that's what we call a Christophany, appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Again, that's another topic. But, but it's, this God is in the burning bush because it says, um, verse 4, so then the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, and God called him. He says, Moses, Moses, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off for the place. Why is it holy ground? Because God is there, right? So God is in that burning bush. So you see this element of fire. Fire is often used because fire is um, it's a purifier. Yeah, it provides light. Uh, it can destroy. Yeah. Uh, it speaks of the power of God. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's why right. later on we're going to see a manifestation of God when it leaves the Jewish people out of Egypt. He'll give them a cloud by day, but a pillar of fire by night. Mm -hmm. The fire be speaks of his presence. Um, so here we see, but he says clearly, uh, take sandals off your feet. You're on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he is afraid. Notice, what did we just look at? Did God appear to Abraham? Yeah, there was a uh, theophany. He appeared. Right, yeah. Did he appear to Isaac? Yeah, we just mm -hmm. looked at him. Did he appear to Jacob? Yeah. And now is he appeared to Moses? Right. Yes. So do you see how this follows, this kind of uh, linkage, how God has revealed himself to these, what we would call the patriarchs of the faith? It's a very consistent message. It's a very consistent yes. message. And Well, you know, th that had to have given them such incredible hope oh because, you know, and perseverance, because, you know, you think about what Moses dealt with, too. Um, you know, it, it just seemed like even when they got let out of the, out of, uh, Egypt, you know, they started complaining, uh, but you know, God was always providing water, food, you know, the bread, the manna. Um, and so it, that, that would have been wonderful just to have God come down and say, you're doing the right thing. Yes, it's hard. I'm here. I support you. Um, it's going to be okay. Exactly right, man. Now, a couple things here. Number one. Uh, he's going to be commissioned here. Yeah, say I'm going to send you back. But notice that phrase when Moses says later, uh, "What is your name?" Uh, Moses. It's in verse eleven. In verse eleven, Moses said to God, "Who am I? Are you in the same? Are you in Exodus three? Uh, Exodus three. Uh, you go eleven through thirteen. Eleven through fourteen. Okay. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israeli, uh, Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. 
Moses said to Gad, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to them. I am has sent me to you. There you go. Now, hmm. why this is important on several levels. Number one, when you're being commissioned, if you're going to represent a president or you go in his name, you got to know what his name is. Yeah. And so sent me, right? Yeah. Well, this is powerful here yeah. because God is sending him, but he says, basically the Egyptians have many gods. Okay. Who, who, who do I go? At? Whose name am I going in? And that's when he reveals his very sacred name. I am who I am. And I'll, when you go to the New Testament, what seven times in the Gospel of John, Jesus right. will say, I am. Yeah. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. But he'll also say, before Abraham was, I am. Mm -hmm. In John chapter 8, that's when they want to stone Jesus because he's claiming to be God. Yeah. But he's using that title. Mm -hmm. See how it sets it up here. Right. And it's fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. It goes back and, you know, this idea of fulfillment. And that's why the theophanies often in the Old Testament, they are they are uh, temporary. In other words, that burning bush is going to be there right. all the time. Yeah. Whereas in the New Testament fulfillment in Jesus, he's permanent. He is on the throne now, the crucified Son of God, right, risen and ascended. But the other thing is that they were preliminary back then. They were foreshadowed. Jesus is the fulfillment. So you see, there's a there's this interesting contrast where it all kind of goes to a, a right climax mm -hmm. in the person of Jesus Christ. But uh, these theophanies are extremely important because they reveal something about God, His presence, His promises, uh, the idea that He's aware of their situation, right, and that uh, they're not in it alone, so to speak. And God can draw near. You know, God, he, he, we're going to see Him do that. Uh, time and again, you'll see this too in like a state of Exodus. You look at Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. Uh, this is what he's revealing his covenant to his people. Um, yeah, the covenant confirmed, and you want to look at 9. Well, look at what's interesting here is this the way they confirmed it. Look at 7, 8. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lipis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of Israel. They saw God and ate and drank. Isn't this something? Now look at this. They go up. They see. That's really a cool image. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's pretty spectacular. One of the things interesting is something if, like pavement. Pavement wasn't, wasn't around well, there. It means the ground. Okay, right. but it's interesting. It's the same thing in Revelation. Yeah. It's, it's something like, street, where we get our term, street Because asphalt and everything was invented. Yeah, but that's yeah. interesting. This could be this could be diamonds. I mean, it could, yeah. it's luminous. It's, yeah. Lapis lazuli. Yeah. So I have a progenitor. Right. 
But I think one of the keys there is it reflects life. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what this thing is about. Yeah. We use the thing, uh, we're going to walk on streets of gold or something like this. But I think the key there is it's luminous. It's bright. Wow. Notice they saw him. They ate in, you know, with him, so to speak. But prior to that, there was the establishing of the covenant. And look at what he says. And Moses, verse 8, Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you. Where do you hear those words again? In the New Testament, what Jesus says, this is the blood of the new covenant. Yes. You see that? Yeah. This is the blood that he was eating and drinking with them. The last supper? At his last supper. But I see those 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 threads right. uh, that appear in uh, right first, second book of the Bible, not come to manifestation or fruition when you come into the New Testament. The wow, Jesus. Isn't that something? Jesus is like fulfilling everything. But yeah, you got to search this. You know, yeah. Gotta, yes. Um, that's why Jesus says, search the scriptures for they testify about me. Search the scriptures. But here you have a clear indication of there he is. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. Boy, what an, what an image that is. See that all through the scripture, you know, hmm. these different appearances. Now, when you come to Judges, of course, like a place like Judges chapter 5, verse 13, we see again this idea of God appearing and, right. so to speak, commissioning. Uh, I'm sure maybe you have. I have it. Yeah, the remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Makur, captains came down. From Zebulon, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yeah. yeah. The key there is that verse, the, the Lord came down yeah. for me against the mighty. You know, the Lord came down for me against the mighty. Yeah, and what kind of imagery is that? Is that like a spirit? Is that, you know, it doesn't really... We don't know, you know, it does... Sometimes scripture doesn't say... Right. But this idea of God, what intrigues me is man's going along with his regular life, right? You know, farming, shepherding, shopkeeper. Right, doing their thing. All of a sudden, God enters in. Right. God enters in. And he does something. He says something. He reassures them or he gives them a prediction or a prophecy. And how much more so when Jesus enters it, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. You know, he, he gives promises and teaching and ultimately sacrifices himself. It goes back and goes right up, which changes everything. I mean, the world's never been the same again. But you'll see this uh, at a special birth, like, when you look at Judges, because we're in Judges, if you look yep. at Judges uh, chapter 13, mm-hmm. um, uh, Judges chapter right verses mm, 1 through 3. Okay. Um, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of Danites had a wife who had uh, who was childish, childishless until uh, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. 
you'll become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. Do you see this one that comes, yeah. this idea of the angel of the Lord? This, this, and many think that yeah. this is an appearance of uh, what we call a Christophany, appearance of Christ. Now, angel, this, I, this title, the angel of the Lord, not an angel, a angel, the angel of the Lord. Angel simply means messenger. And oh, where yeah. this one appears in the Old Testament, he always gives promises. He promises blessings, birth of a child, or and he's recognized as holy, that they bowed down. And so these kind of attributes are not applied to a regular angel. That's why some theologians feel that this this person, uh, personage that's appearing, is indeed um, an appearance of God in the Old Testament. You see that I, I meant to yeah. that one with Hagar, but it's very similar to uh, when um, in, in where Hagar, you know, the uh, yeah. handmaiden of the Lord, when she was um, running away uh, from um, Abraham and the in the house and all that other stuff. Well, what happened was God said, uh, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, a blessings," but that comes. It's in chapter twenty one. Where are you? Uh, back into Genesis. I just want to... Genesis 21? I wanted to look at this for, for a okay. second. She, now, she's running away. This is Hagar. She's in the wilderness, and um, she has this little child. And then, she, look, look what it says in verse um, 17. 17? Of 21. Okay. Good. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do you do not be afraid? God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened his eyes and saw a well of water, so she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. See this, God appears to her in some fashion, <laughs> makes these promises, provides food, uh, protects them, says, don't be afraid. Yeah. So we say, um, what is going on here? You know, again, it's God coming into the situation. This happened earlier in our life. Just turn back a couple of chapters to chapter 16. Okay. Um, verse if you start with verse 6 and go through 11 to start with chapter 16, very similar appearance of yeah. this person coming in. Okay, your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. Then he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man, 
his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Now, this is important. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Notice that? Yeah. I now seen the one who sees me. There was some kind of a manifestation going on here, David. Yeah. And this promise is more than an angel. Right. Because he's given blessing. He's offering protection. Right. And she's aware of this. And then she says, um, uh, you are the God who sees me. And therefore, she's going to name that place Birla. Isn't that something? That is something. I'm trying to picture that. Yeah. This idea. Uh, some of these things are interesting in the sense that they cause us to think right. how right. God reveals himself, you know, through many different ways. That's why we encourage people, look at the scriptures, you know, see what does the Bible say before you make right. a decision about God and right. whether you're going to believe or disbelieve. Right. What I think one of the big problems today is that people are in just a big hurry, David. There's just a, they are. like a distraction yeah. where people are moving to and fro and with real concerns, you know, about yeah. The children's education and work and retirement issues and health issues and everything that's going on in the news and never stopping to think, what's going on here? So, yeah, you know, I, I saw a stat a while back that some folks stay on their, their, you know, their phones or their handhelds for over six hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're sleeping, what, six to eight hours a, a day? A third of our life is... Yeah, right. Well, so... I mean, the time you're awake, if you're doing that, you know, you can really get consumed. Um, and I, I think that's really the challenge, Chad. Um, it's getting people to take the first look at the word until they start to realize, get them a little bit, you know, really intrigued with what God is telling us here. The fact that this is God's word is really what they need to understand. Yeah, right. Who wouldn't want to read God's word? If they knew it was God's word and, you know, uh, his story about his son and the fact that we have eternal life, what other news is better than that? You're right. No, you're right. And in this, I don't, I, and that's the thing. How do we get people to cross over that fence line? You know, how do we push them over so they take the first steps? Right. Well, yeah, you create curiosity, yeah. but it's got to be the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why right. I always pray for people. But. In a sense, in my situation, I had adversity that dropped me to the ground. Right. And so I then stopped. Uh, I, I don't want to say I was handcuffed to being open minded, but I was sitting in that chair and I was open minded yeah. to what's next for me. And and I was open to hearing God's word through you and my wife. Um. So and that's how it all started for me. I needed to get pushed to the ground by him. Or I never would have looked back in the rearview mirror. All that a crisis leads to Christ. Yeah. There's that saying of, right. not always. Not always. People come out of bright. Yeah, some people get it when they're young. Five, six, yeah. They didn't. Yeah, so. Some it takes a lot. Right. It took for the Apostle Paul to be knocked to the ground, <laughs> blinded for three days. But the idea being that um, people come in all different ways. There's only one way to God through Jesus. Right. But there's many ways to Jesus. Right. You know. So, uh, C.S. Lewis just came by deduction. It just... He went well to his friends. His friends. She was an atheist. Tolkien, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, Tolkien was was two very sharp guys, and they just yeah gave them the reasons to believe. Others, 
it could be a, almost like a nightmare situation where they're crying out to God and they're, mm -hmm. they realize their life is really torn apart or they yeah. might be demonic activity and they cry out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But like I said, there's only one way to God and that's right. Jesus, but there's many ways to Jesus. Yes. And uh, But anyone listening today to this program I, and you don't have that relationship, mm -hmm. we're not trying to sell you out of denomination or a program although I do believe you should be part of a church, baptized once you become a believer and part of a church. But I am saying, don't think that tomorrow is going to be just like today. You, this one day is going to be our last day, right? And this is like the most important decision in life. No kidding. It really is. Yeah. And people put great emphasis on retirement, you know, uh, 401k, uh, retirement home. These are not bad things. Investments, um, all of these kinds of things, and their health. But even that's limited. It's limited. You know, you put one to a hundred on a scale. That's it. That's it for life. Right. One to a hundred. Some might live to be 105. I don't know. Right. But that's it. And that's guaranteed <clears throat> that nobody gets out of this thing alive. So you have today. That's why the Bible says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you know us not what a day might bring forth. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Okay. So maybe there's somebody listening to this program this morning or today, and you've not really made that decision. But for some reason, you're listening to this program. And what David and I are doing is just trying to straight forward from Genesis to Revelation. It's God reaching down yes. and reaching out to man. As yeah. I'm revealing myself to you yes. through the scriptures, yes. through prophecy, right. through the creation and the universe around us, and through these manifestations yeah at least we know we call these theopanies so he's given us a lot of proofs uh, so if anyone wants to yeah then when you look at the person of jesus we're going to do a whole show on that but reasons to believe in jesus well yeah. not just the scripture and a fulfilled prophecy and the teachings he gave no man ever taught like this man when you look at the parable this or taught through this man no that no no one no other religious founder is we can't go to his grave. Right. You can say his body was stolen. You can say this, but it's empty. And there's eyewitnesses that gave their life for that testimony that it was empty. Okay. You have history. Yeah. Locks him in and peace in time. Yeah. Who was the ruler? What punches Pilate? And who was the overlord? There was Herod, that Herod Agrippa, that Herod the Great. And they're in Jerusalem. And then they go to Cap. All this stuff's like reading a newspaper. It's not. Fairy tale stuff, long now to go far, far away. The other thing is, archaeologists say there's the Pool of Siloam, there's where it is, there's the Mount of Olives, there's everything is located. What the Gospels say. The other thing is, you have outside sources that are saying something about Jesus. Some of these aren't friendly, like you have Josephus, he wrote in the first, second century. You have uh, Suetonius, you have Pliny the Younger makes a reference to Jesus, on and on and on. And then you have the whole thing with a changed life. You know, yeah. you know somebody that his life was radically changed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think one of the biggest things is when I think of theophany, there are so many signs uh, other than, you know, maybe seeing a physical form of God where he gives you these breadcrumbs and answers so you can pray. Even some of the smallest stuff you pray for, mm-hmm. Uh, and you see that he 
answers it by giving you what you wanted. Mm -hmm. So you see the breadcrumb on the path. And sometimes once you start to get into this, you see bigger breadcrumbs. And then you see, you know, that you're in the middle of the path and everything going on around you, you're protected from yeah. it. It's almost like you have an invisible force field at times when you're a follower of Christ. If you're in the word, you're do, trying to do the right things. It's amazing, John. And there's no other way to explain it other than you need to see it for yourself. Yeah, right. Because it's very hard to, you know, explain um, some of these great things. Well, you know, look at both of our lives and our families and the st answer to prayers we've seen. No way um, did I see those kind of things when I was a non-believer. No way. I mean, if somebody offered uh, you this, yeah. I mean, when you consider the offer that's on the table, yeah, uh, forgiveness of sins, yeah. and we all know we've sinned and we, we need yeah. forgiveness, a brand new start in life, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, what, yeah, you can actually feel your mind be changed and transformed. Right, old desires are right. gone, new desires. Friendships, right? Uh, you know, like I travel, I go. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters in Christ here in Cleveland. It's like they're it's like they're your blood family. Right. They treat you so you have family all over the world. Yeah. If you need, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, I mean that, that's yeah, and you've seen it firsthand. <laughs> but to see prayers. Yeah. Answer. Oh, yeah. You're not alone in life situations. That's no, I feel bad for people. They're alone and they're facing a, a business crisis, a health mm -hmm. issue or this and that. And they, they right. try to call up. But we can go directly, it says in Hebrews 4, to the throne room of God in the time of need. And there we can upset help. We understand mysteries, it says in Matthew 13. How did the world begin? Oh, it was an orderly creation. There's, we understand the unseen, that we have a soul. It's the most precious part of, not our body, our soul is the most, that there's an unseen realm of angels that are sent to minister supernatural demons yeah. that prowl about. Mm -hmm. There's a heaven, there's a hell. All these things are revealed to us. Right. We have access to, and it's free. Yes. It's not like you have to sign up for a course. And <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And all of us can talk to God directly. That's it. Th that's really what we need to understand. So, um... Yeah, I mean, if you think about one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself and your family or your friends, it's, it's uh, you know, becoming a believer in Jesus Christ and getting in the Word and, and getting around fellow Christians, and you'll just see your life change overnight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best thing to yeah. happen. So, once again, we're very grateful for WNCM, this platform, this yeah. radio station, uh, that we can get the good Word out. I want to close with this one scripture. Yep. Um, it's in Second First Timothy chapter three, uh, verse sixteen. It says, "But without controversy, this is the great mystery of godliness. This is it. God was manifested in the flesh. There it is. God was manifested in the flesh. That's in the person of Jesus wow. Christ. Justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles. That's us. Believed on the in <laughs> the world." and received up into glory. There Jesus comes down, he's manifested in yeah. the flesh, justified, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles. And uh, it's it's true. This this story is true. And so again, uh, once again, thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, 89.1 FM on your radio station, WENZ is our call uh, letters. And if anybody uh, yeah, has any questions, you can give us a call, or better yet, if you want to go, Get a previous show. I think we got backlogged. What about six, seven years now? 
archive. Just go to www.john1421.com, john1421.com, and then you'll see a drop-down, and it has all the shows listed, the date and the title. Mm -hmm. For example, this show will be Theophany-Manifestation of God. Uh, And so they're all there. Guests we've had, missionaries, apologetics. So God bless you. Thanks, David, for being part of this. Yes, thanks, John. Uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless.